All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Lovely. If you are new, it's your first time here. My name is Obed, and I'm one of the leaders here. And um, this Sunday, you have chosen a lovely Sunday to attend our church because this Sunday is our six-year anniversary as a church. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Around six years ago, um, that is March 4th, 2018 to be exact, um, we had our very first service as a church. And funny enough, um, we weren't um, the residents of this church, but we did meet um, at this church for our launch Sunday. Um, there was much excitement surrounding our launch as a church. Um, it was a glorious celebration, and it was marked by an outpouring of support um, and higher-than-expected attendance. Um, I have you know, an entry here from my journal um, that um, I wrote, I think it was March 5th, the day after, the morning after, and it reads this. This is what I wrote. I said, last Sunday was the official launch of King's Cross Church, and it could not have been any more encouraging. The attendance was much more than we expected. Um, we were so blessed by the many friends who traveled from L.A. and Arizona to support and celebrate with us. Their presence communicated love and care. It reminded us that we're not alone, but our most valued highlight for our launch was to be, was, um, has to be the fact that 10 of our neighbors um, who are not believers attended Two of them have never stepped foot in a Christian church before. We pray this is the first step they have all taken to finally surrender to Jesus. Um, thank you. Um, and so I kind of, um, that was my you know, journal entry for after our launch Sunday. And as I was going back and reading it, um, I was just reminded of just how faithful God has been. He really is. And he hasn't just been faithful to our church, but I'm sure um, you have yourself, you have experienced God's grace and faithfulness in your life as well. And so we were encouraged by our launch service, um, and we were not certain we would make it to the five-year mark. And the reason why I say that, the reason why we were not certain we would make it to the five-year mark after we launched was that statistically, and these are statistics, 80% of church plants, church starts up, do not make it past five years. Many church plants fail, especially within the first five years. And so, as you can imagine, as we were getting ready to start this church, we're reading all of these statistics and going, thank you. <laughs> so encouraging, isn't it? And the other thing that was discouraging was starting a church in San Diego was a big risk. Um, not just uh, exactly someone agreed, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but you get it. Um, San Diego is super expensive, 
And also, um, in the neighborhood, in the PB La Jolla neighborhood, we wanted to start a church in. Um, it was said that it was a graveyard for church plants. Again, thank you. Um, that was so discouraging. And so, you can imagine that statistically and historically, there was a lot against us. Um, but back then, we were convinced that God had called us and so what we did was we trusted God, took a step of faith, and prayed a lot that God's will would be done. And so today, as we celebrate six years, we are in awe of God's sustaining power. Um, the last six years as a church, like every church, we've been through a lot. We really have. Our first year, our first few months were marked with so much discouragement um, not forgetting COVID um, was challenging for us as a church, especially for King's Cross. I don't know, most of you know, but um, just before COVID kicked in and impacted everyone, my family and I, we had to leave America um, and go back to the UK, not knowing that we would ever come back again. Um, so many challenges, so many lows um, but it's been amazing to see that God has been faithful and we are living testimonies of God's greatness and goodness to do extraordinary things through ordinary people. And so this morning, what we're going to do, first of all, is just to look back and highlight God's faithfulness um, and how we're going to do that. And you guys are going to enjoy this. Um, I'm not going to do it alone, right? Um, we're going to have a panel um, of members from our church who are going to help us reflect on the past six years. And so without further ado, I'm going to call up Jeremy, who's going to be emceeing, and then Wayne, um, Megan. Let's come, guys. Don't be shy. Jordan. And then my lovely wife, Eleanor. There she is. I know, I know. All right, I'm sorry. All right, and they're going to just spend some time looking back and reflecting on the past six years. Enjoy. Yes. Perfect. Well, good morning, King's Cross Church. I'm Jeremy Frischneck, one of the leaders here. Um, and yeah, as Obed said, we're going to take some time to be able to hear from members of King's Cross Church on how they've experienced God through King's Cross over the last six years um, and what he's been doing. So really excited to hear from them. So thank you guys for being on the panel this morning. Um, I'd love for you guys to just go through and just tell us a little bit about who you are, your name, what you do, um, and then we'll dive in. Uh, my name is Wayne Harris, and I am in commercial real estate, and I'm also on the board here at King's Cross. I do have to do a shout out. I'm supposed to be in the seven and 11 year old class today <laughs> and Daniel Bigelow is taking my spot. So I'll cover him on another week. Thank you, Daniel. Morning everyone. Uh, my name is Jordan Wells. I'm in the Navy, I'm a security officer. I've been in for about 15 years now. Um, additionally, I am a community group leader for the Tierra Santa community group, the newest one. Awesome, hi, I'm Elena. I am married to, uh, that's, I wonder who that was. 
I'm married to Obed, but please don't then think that means I'm the pastor's wife because I really don't like that term. I just happen to be married to Obed, so I'm the wife of Obed, not the pastor's wife. Anyway, um, and I have three really cute kids, and I also work part-time in corporate um, events, and then um, I help lead events for our women at the church and stuff like that. And I play pickleball, if you want to (laughs) know. My name is Megan David. I'm a third grade teacher, and then at church I lead, I help lead the Mission Valley community group, and I serve, and Wayne's in my group, and um, I serve on kids ministry and the prayer team. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Let's start with Elena, actually. So, um, obviously, pastor's wife, you've been here the longest. Um, He did not listen, did he? So you have seen probably the most change um, out of anyone here, except for Obed, um, in King's Cross's time. So I'd love to hear kind of um, maybe one great memory that you've had over the six years. I know it's hard to probably choose one. Um, And then just a general reflection on how King's Cross has changed over the last six years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we, we mentioned when we were thinking about where to start the church, you know, we looked from Oceanside to downtown, like we were looking everywhere, like where? And then, you know, when, as Obed said, people were like, there's this one area, it's like the graveyard for churches. Like, you just don't want to go there. Like PB and La Jolla were like, that's the one. And so I think the reason why I say that is because Easter last year, just to be at Kate Sessions Park, a place where multiple of our kids have had birthdays there. Like we see like the neighborhood show up there. We see all the young PB, people who don't want to grow up, go and have parties there. Like, just, we've, seen, you know, we've seen everything there, families there, and to see Easter, like, be there and, like, worship. Like, there's just something in, in I don't know, in, like, the spiritual realm of, like, just Jesus being proclaimed through worship, through the preaching of the word, and the whole community just being there, ready to take care of these sugar-crazy kids. Like, it was just amazing. And um, so I think that would be a, a favorite memory. And obviously the church has changed. Like there's a room over there, like the library. Like we used to meet in that room. Like it's like tiny. That's where we began. And so to see, obviously we've grown numerically, loads of babies. I mean, at the time we were all doing like ministry roles that really were not, we were not suited for. Like I was running kids ministry. Like that's just not my, that's not my area. So like um, to see now like, leaders being developed like to see like we would pray like pray for like people got to save people to bring leaders to so obviously to see that um but I'd say a big way we've changed is in um we've grown and obviously numerically but more so like in maturity um and more so like grown spiritually and Oba mentioned a few storms but we have faced like trials like over the six years and really the first year seemed to have the majority of those trials but like there were so many hardships for our family and then for the church as a whole. And so to see, like, over the years, we used to hold on to this church. Like, it's so fragile. We have to keep it together. And then when we went through those trials, we were like, oh, God is going to sustain this church. Like, we had to leave the country because of immigration, and he sustained the church. Like, we've had to – there was times we couldn't pay our rent. He sustained our family. Like, he's, he's got this. So it helped us just grow in dependence of, um, in God. So that's the way we've changed. Thank you, Elena. Um, and again, you are the pastor's wife, so <laughs> I'd like to touch on that a bit more, not to uh, call you out. But I um, would love to hear, um, obviously that's a big role, um, and it has its challenges and it has its blessings. And so I'd love to hear what some of those challenges have been over the last six years and kind of the ways you've also been blessed by being the pastor's wife as well. I feel like I can write, I can write a book on, on the challenges and blessings of being a 
pastor's wife. But um, the, I'll start with maybe the challenges. It's the, it's, I just don't like it because there's a lot of expectation. There's, there's so much um, unseen burden and pressure that comes when you're in ministry. And unless you've been in like full-time ministry, it's really hard to explain, but there are so many things that it's hard to put into words, whether it's spiritual warfare, whether it's just dealing with people 24-7, it's just the nature of the burden that comes with it. And when you're in ministry, your life is so intertwined. It's not like a job where you work and then you go home. There's so much that's intertwined. So there's just been a lot of, um, I think it's hard, people's expectations, um, maybe when you're a pastor's wife, again, what that looks like. Um, sometimes it's hard to know whether people are trying to get to know me just as a sister in Christ um, or whether it's not really always a conscious thing. It should just be a subconscious thing. Like when they ask me something, they think it means I represent the church. I'm like, oh, this is just my opinion. Like it doesn't mean I represent the church in this answer. Um, and also, you know, I've built with people and then sometimes when people maybe get upset or they want to leave the church, someone's done something, they can literally just kind of like unfriend you, like, even though you've like had them in your home, you've invested, you've built relationship, and they're like they just disappear. Doesn't happen often, but when it has happened, that can be a really hard thing because it you're like I yeah it's it can just overlap a lot. Um, so yeah, there's the, those challenges, um, and then the capacity to want to care for people, but not always having that with all the other things that I'm involved with. Um, but the joys are just being on the front lines and getting to see God do things. Like the miracles we've seen ever since leaving England, coming to America with four suitcases, having no money, having no health insurance, having nothing for so many years. Terrifying. But we've literally seen God show up in so many ways for our family. And then in this church, like seeing relationships, seeing people get married through this church, seeing the baby, seeing growth, seeing people say, I'm never going to get pregnant. And like, they're like having babies now, like, just like, just seeing like, I'm never getting married and like, just seeing growth or change or like coming alongside someone when someone's grandma died or like taking care of each other's kids. Like that brings so much joy to see, like we create a space that people can love and care for each other. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing, Elena. Let's move over to Meg uh, now and um, you play many roles, and you have played many roles in this church. First, I'd love to highlight um, your role as a community group leader. Um, I'd love to hear um, how you've experienced God work through leading that group in Mission Valley. Yeah. Um, so I lead the group with Bobby and Rebecca, and I was thinking about this question. I was thinking just, like, how God has been faithful to my community group over the years. Um, and I think not only has he been faithful to bring people who are faithful, who come consistently and we can pray for each other. But I think one of the biggest things I've learned through community group um, is just like the beauty of Christian community because when I started leading this group with Bobby and Rebecca, if, if you know them, I feel like when I met them, I was like, yeah, like we have some things in common. They're cool people, but I'm single, they're married. Like we don't have a ton in common. Um, but then, and even just like interest-wise, not just that, but then like leading group with them, I think it's been three years now um, and they've become some of my closest friends. And I think it's just showed me Christian community is beautiful because what we have in common is Christ. And so you can become really deeply connected with people who otherwise you might not see much similarity with. Um, and they can become, yeah, like family. Like Bobby and Rebecca feel like family to me. And it's been really cool because, like, you know, if I met them on the street, I wouldn't necessarily have been like, oh, yeah, these are going to be people I'm going to be, like, super, super close with. But because we have Christ in common, that's, like, that's what's happened. Great. Thank you, Meg. You've also served in uh, Kidsmen in, in varying capacities from helping lead to just 
doing nursery or leading in other capacities and age groups. Um, would love to see from your standpoint, your glimpse of how God has worked in our kidsmen ministry over the last many, many years that you've been a part of it. Yeah, I've been coming to King's Cross for four and a half years about, and I think I've been serving on kidsmen for maybe like four of those. Um, so even thinking about when Obed mentioned COVID, I remember coming back from COVID and like kind of trying to remember how to do kids ministry, like, okay, wow, we have all these kids and like, how's it, how's this supposed to work? Um, and then seeing us going from there and then like God providing more people to serve, more people who had more experience in kids ministry, who brought new ideas and like new ways to do things. Um, and then also just like growing the families in our church and now like we have so many kids um, and he again provided space. Like we have so many really nice classrooms down there where there's plenty of space for kids like safe spaces for them to play where, you know, they're contained and like there's, there's actually like kids' toys. Um, and then I think also I was thinking about this too. I think what's neat is our volunteers are really joyful to serve and like love being with the kids that they get to serve, um, which I don't think always happens. So I'm thankful that God has provided spaces and um, volunteers who like love what they do. Great. And then one, one last question for you, Meg. Um, uh, we've had a growing number of, of single people coming into King's Cross, um, and you're single yourself. I love to hear um, just maybe um, a word of advice to those who are single at King's Cross Church. Um, yeah, what would you give to them? Um, I'm glad Jeremy's asking this question. He checked with me, and I was like, yes, I think this is a really good question, because I feel like the church doesn't always talk about this. I don't know where my mic is cutting in and out, but anyway... Hold it higher, I think. To my face? Like this? No, up on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I have been thinking and praying over this question, not just this week, but for many years, because I think it's kind of like a tricky topic. Um, and so in my years at this church, um, being single and trying to figure out how to get involved, the things I was reflecting on that God has taught me that have been really key things in my life um, that have drawn me closer to God, I thought of four things. I was thinking... One, I would recommend diversifying your community. So get to know married couples, get to know older people, get to know the kids if you're serving in kids ministry. Um, and that can look all different ways. Like just because you're single doesn't mean you can't invite a married couple over for dinner or, you know, offer to babysit for someone's kids. Um, just like showing up in people's lives. And that connects in Galatians, we've been talking about bearing one another's burdens. Um, and I think single people... So I know I've felt intimidated before because, like, if you initiate something as a single person and you're the only one to show up, like, you're the only one to show up. Um, versus, like, you know, if you're a couple, it's like, oh, well, at least, like, I'm here with someone else. Um, so it can be scary, but I think, like, the Bible is pretty clear that community is really important, which gets into my second point, build friendships. Um, like, you have, if you're single, you have more time and capacity to build deep friendships um, with like other individuals. And so I was looking in scripture and just noticing, I don't have time to read the verses, but I will reference Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 and Romans 12, 9 through 18. Um, and it's just so often in the Bible, it talks about close friendship and like bearing one another's burdens as friends. Like as a church community, we can support each other deeply and that those um, like emotionally and spiritually deep relationships don't just have to come through marriage. Like God designed friendship and community so that we don't have to be alone. And that doesn't just mean like you're not alone if you're married. Like we don't have to be alone, um, period, because we're, we're in the body of Christ and like we have a church family with us. Um, and then the third thing I was thinking of is like, I think God's been teaching me this and it's like a lifelong lesson, but my identity is in Jesus. Like 
nothing else. Being single, being married, like being a mom, being a dad, like nothing else I should have my identity in. And so I'm not going to read all these verses, but I have spent an extensive amount of time looking in scripture and just seeing what God says about who I am, who all of you are. Um, and so like Genesis 127, we're made in God's image, Joshua 1.9, God is with me, God is with you. Psalm 25.14, God is our friend, Psalm 139.14, um, we are marvelously made, Psalm 139.1, God knows everything about us, like every thought, every action. John 3.16, God loves us. John 1.12, we are children of God. I won't keep going, but there's, there is like so much in scripture that just tells us over and over and over again what our value is. And so I would encourage you, if you don't know what God says about you, take a look and see, because there's a ton of verses. And then the last thing um, I was thinking about is seeking Jesus. Um, and this applies to everyone, but I think sometimes, and I've, I feel like I've gone back and forth with this, the mentality can be like, oh, like, you know, once I get married, or like, if I get married, but like, God... Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I feel like this could go on a whole tangent, so I'll, I'll just cut it short and say, um, seeking Jesus, like, Jesus promises that he is enough, and so whatever our desires are, like, whether it's to be married if we're single, whether it's, like, to, to have kids and we don't, whether it's, like, I don't know, to have some dream job that you really want, Jesus promises that he's enough, and I think, for me, I forget that pretty quickly, um, but in Scripture, um, it, Jesus talks about being the bread of life in John 6.35 and how we will never grow hungry if we know him. And then in Philippians 4.12 through 13, that's the passage that we all know where like, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But right before that, Paul is saying, I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be thirsty. And I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so just like Jesus is enough. And that, yeah, full stop. That's it. Thank you, Meg. Um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, thank you for your vulnerability and wisdom there. Um, Wayne, I, uh, let's go to Wayne. Yeah, sorry. Um, so Wayne, uh, you mentioned you are a member of the board of directors here at King's Cross Church. You serve as a vice chair. Um, I'd love to hear through that lens um, of how you've witnessed God work and provide for our church. Sure. Um, so, first of all, I want to say the way I see God working is who he really pulled together to be on the board. And um, I know that um, different people were asked with different skills and talents. But when that group came together, I'm, I'm learning so much from them. Uh, it doesn't matter what <clears throat> age or what experience they have. Every one of them wants to do one thing, and that's serve the Lord and at the same time serve all of you and make sure that what is being done and how we budget and how we plan is all around God doing his work here in San Diego. And so I think the way that he's really working is he's really putting the right heart within not only our pastor and our elders, but also within the board itself. And so that's a great way to see God moving. Awesome. Um... And then, I guess, are there any tangible ways you'd be able to elaborate on God's maybe direct provision um, that you've seen just in your kind of workings on the board from behind the scenes? Um, yeah, um, so, of course, there's some tangible ways, and then there's some implied ways. Um, I know that, um, of course, we 
now have a facility that we're meeting in as a regular basis. And with that, as new tenants in this building, uh, we're working with a landlord and that has at first what we thought would bring challenges. What I'm really seeing is this is a great opportunity for us really to get to know our landlord and to show them that our heart is all about serving the Lord. And in doing that, I see them, and I really expect some really great things in this relationship. And I just, I feel like, even though it's not evident today, that we can just point and I can share some fantastic stories. What I can say is it's a real blessing since I'm in real estate to be able to pray with your landlord. And we're able to do that. And so we're able to uh, bring the Lord as our focus and our conversations and not have it all about money. And so I think that some really great things are going to happen. I expect to see some positive results. Uh, but another thing that is really great <clears throat> is just how this church gives. Uh, I can't thank you all enough. I mean, as we put together a budget, it's really a blessing. Um, I know that I shared this in our family meeting. I'm going to do that again now because maybe many of you weren't able to be at that family meeting. But uh, as a board, we decided to actually take the budget and make it 20% greater than what our giving was. And we did that very intentionally because we feel like if we don't ask God to do great things, Matthew 7, 7, that's the whole ask and it will be given, seek and ye shall find, knock and the door will be open. If we're not willing to do that with just the financials of this building, then how is God going to show how great he is, that he can do 20% or even more? Maybe we didn't ask enough, but we planned greater than what we are giving. And so that's a challenge to all of us here today to see God at work and see what he wants to do. Great. Thank you, Wayne, for that. Um, you know, uh, our mission statement here at King's Cross um, is to live with Jesus on mission um, in San Diego and around the world. And one of the, the ways that we do that has been through Life Explored, um, being involved in the community. And so I'd love to hear just briefly, I, you've been involved in Life Explored since it began, I believe. Um, just uh, like one or two cool stories about how you've seen Jesus working through Life Explored in this community of uh, Pacific Beach, La Jolla, San Diego. Sure. Um... So you've probably, if you've come here at all for any length of time, you've heard about Life Explored. Uh, we're coming up onto our fifth year or fifth season of Life Explored. But just, it, there are so many things that happen when you are engaging non-Christians in a sort of neutral environment. It's just so cool to see how God works and how they think. And just an open dialogue where we're receptive to hear their thoughts and then in turn, they're starting to be receptive to hear ours. And so we've had, you know, agnostics willing to read through the Bible. And by coming to Life Explored, uh, we've had people who have had challenges with Christians, those bad people, and they're now willing to have ongoing discussions. And what's really interesting is they just don't come one night. They'll turn around and they'll come multiple nights. Um, then Sierra uh, did this thing where at UCSD they did a tabling day, and uh, so she had Life Explored uh, join her, and she asked me, and I go, oh, yeah, I'll blend in perfectly with the USD crowd, um, you know, won't stand out at all. But what I thought was so amazing is I had young people coming up to us, and, and they really wanted nothing to do with Christianity other than maybe to challenge us a little bit. But I had one young man came up and he goes, 
oh, so you're a Christian, so uh, what do you think about homosexuality? And I go, well, I know that God loves everyone, and if that's the lifestyle that you're in, he loves you. No, he goes, but my mother is, so do you guys love my mother? And I go, I really don't know her all that well, but I go, I know God loves her, and I know he wants to love her. And so we had an ongoing conversation, and at the end of the day, I did not convince him of anything, except I hope that I reminded him that God loves everyone, and he's willing to reach out to them wherever we are. Because I'll tell you right now, out of this group, I am a sinner, and uh, God loves me. And so it's so refreshing to be engaged with non-Christians, and I encourage you to do that. You don't have to be a part of Life Explored to do that. You can do that right there in your neighborhood. Great. Thank you, Wayne, for that. Um, let's move to Jordan. Um, and yeah. Um, Jordan, so as you mentioned, you are in the, the Navy. Um, I love to hear what some of the blessings and challenges are of being a member of the military and also being a part of a local church. Absolutely. Um, so being a military member, is the challenges would be that it's hard to find that family when you're going from duty station to duty station you know, every three, five years. Um, you got to think the majority of military families are away from their family. It's the husband, the wife, and the children. That's it. They don't have their moms, their dads, cousins, brothers, sisters around them. So being able to get tied into a church and have this family um, connection that we have here, it means everything to these military families, especially when you're looking at deployments, long work hours, um, underways, uh, flight missions for different people. I mean, the... The stress that's put on a military family is uh, a lot, and being able to have the community within the church to lighten that burden really helps. Do you have maybe a, a specific story that your family has been blessed while you've been away or on, on deployment or whatever? Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, definitely put me on the spot there, Jeremy. <laughs> um, my family specifically... Um, where I work now, I do a lot of travel, so it'll be two, three weeks at a time, but I'm gone pretty consistently, and I will say that from the moment we got here uh, in San Diego, we got connected with what was first PB and then Solway, and um, the community that we have that is still my community out there in Tierra Santa, they have taken care of my wife and kids so much with me being gone, from the kids being sick and them helping step up with food or just running an errand or watching the kids so that my wife Morgan can do something. Um, it's, it's been amazing, uh, and definitely you can see God working within that community. It's, it takes the stress off of me when I'm out doing work that I'm not stressed. Is my family okay? Are they going to be taken care of? Um, I know that we have a family there in Tierra Santa that's going to take care of them. And then here in PB, I mean the entire church, it, it, they're always willing to step up. That's sweet. Thank you, Jordan. Um, and, and last question for you. You mentioned you were a previous member of First Baptist Solway, um, and you're here at King's Cross now. You were a part of that merger. Um, and I'd love to hear just quickly what have been maybe some of the challenges, but also the, what's been encouraging um, through that merger, and we're at, um, what, eight, eight months it's been now. Um, so. 
Yeah, so the merger was a very humbling experience, I think, for all the people that were part of Solway prior. Um, you got to think, so Solway had probably a core group of about 40 members that were, and that's including children, that were here every Sunday. So when you're talking about running sound, running uh, the worship, kids ministry, uh, potlucks, all these things, every single person within that church um, really had their hands in everything. Even if it wasn't where you felt called to, you were doing it because if you weren't doing it, it might not get done, right? Um, going from that to having, you know, of what we see as a ginormous congregation now, um, it's been a blessing. It really has. It, it allowed uh, all the original Soulway members to kind of take a step back for a second and kind of get their bearings again and really dive back into where they felt called to serve, whether that's kids, men, hospitality, uh, men's ministry, women's ministry. They've been able to really redirect their focus. Um, it, it was challenging, obviously. You know, there's a lot of change. Change is hard for anybody. So when, you know, you have a whole group of people coming in and, you know, we're remodeling and things are getting pulled around and people are getting moved, it, you had to take a deep breath and really be like, okay, what are we doing here? Got it. And then move forward. Um, but it's been a blessing because this, this family here, I mean, from day one of me showing up at a service with King Cross when you guys were still uh, at the Soldat Club, I felt like part of the family. Everyone kind of welcomed you with open arms. Everyone wants to get to know you. They love on you. And it's been uh, a true blessing. Thank you, Jordan. Um, so really quick, want to move, just look forward um, from two of you guys on what uh, you're looking forward to most in the next year at King's Cross. So maybe Wayne and Elena, I'd love to hear from both of you two. Most looking forward to in this year? Yeah. Um, obviously the women's getaway. Um, just because suffering is one of the most impactful thing over the span of your entire life, I think, you know, when we get towards the end, we look back and I, well, even in my short, nearly four years of living, it's like suffering has been the most pivotal thing in me, in the deepest part of me. And I really do have such a passion for this subject and I'm really excited just to create a space. We could really do a week on it, but like, just to be able to like dig into that theme of suffering and the, and the power of that. Um, and I just love baptisms because it just reminds you as well of just what God has done and is continuing to do. So I think I'm very excited for yeah baptisms and our women's getaway. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how God's going to work through us and how we're going to be able to bless this community. I believe that God has miracles to do within and through us, and so I'm really excited to see how that's going to be done. And if we're going to live a life that is serving unto the Lord, we can't be afraid to step out there and to do something different. And so I loved the testimonies that were shared up here that, you know, it can be scary uh, coming into a church body and not really knowing anybody and feeling sort of estranged and we really want to make sure that we not only meet the needs of everyone that walks into this building, but we want to get outside this building and meet the needs of this community and touch lives all around us. And so that's uh, what I'm excited to see in the next 12 months. Yeah. Great. 
Well, thank you, guys. Um, I'm going to pray us into a transition, and uh, we, again, thank you for your, your willingness to be up here and to just share a little bit about your experience at King's Cross Church. So um, join me in prayer. Um, Father God, we are so thankful for your continued provision uh, over these six-plus years at King's Cross Church um, and getting to hear this morning from these individuals on stage um, just a taste of what you have been doing in King's Cross um, and through King's Cross. And there's so many more people that have um, a story to share and uh, reasons to bring you praise and glory um, for your provision and, and just the, the life change that you've um, brought about in their lives. And so we praise you for that. We give you all the glory, um, and we are excited to see what you continue to have for us in this next year and into the future, Lord. Um, I pray that we would continue to just abide in you um, and walk in step with your will uh, for us at, at King's Cross Church. Um, and would we yeah, just answer your call to make disciples um, here in San Diego and around the world. Um, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's just a glimpse of how God has been at work um, in and through our church. There are many more stories, and there are many more examples and testimonies, um, and I know that most of you have so much to reflect on as well. Um, God has truly been faithful, and so the question we now have to ask is... Um, as we step into year six and look forward to the next five, ten years, um, what would we like to see God do? In what ways can we expect him to work? In recent months, we've been studying um, the book of Galatians, and this letter the apostle wrote, um, the apostle Paul wrote to the Christian community in first century Galatia, provides us um, with answers to these questions. And so when we think about um, the next year or the next five, ten years, we can draw some truth and inspiration from Galatians. And so um, what are the things um, that we would like God to do? How would we want him to work? We would want him to continue to work um, in the way he has, and for that to happen, um, we can draw inspiration from Galatians to look at a few commitments um, that we feel God is calling us to. And so first, um, we pray as a church that we remain committed to the gospel, committed to the gospel. Galatians chapter 1, um, verse 3 to 5 reads, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. As you guys know, the Christian community in the ancient city of Galatia, this is what was was happening. They were drifting away from the true gospel. They had started relying on good works rather than relying on faith in Christ alone for their salvation. And so Paul, the author, um, writes this letter to address the issue head on. But his main aim in addressing the issue of the Galatians believing the false gospel was to redirect and remind them of what the true gospel is. And so what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news about Jesus' death and resurrection for the salvation of humanity. And the gospel um, is the central tenet of the Christian faith. The gospel is about what God has done for us in Christ, and it's not about what we need to do for him. And so if you've been part of King's Cross Church since the very beginning, and you've been with us in the short time, and whether it's a month or a few weeks, you've heard us go on and on and on about the gospel Because we believe that the gospel needs to be central for every believer. And so if you are a Christian, what you must not forget is that you are fully accepted, you are fully loved, not because of what you have done, but because of what God has done for you. By faith alone, through Christ alone, is how we find the means to stand faultless before a perfectly holy and just God. And one of the important things um, that we need to think about as Christians when we think about the gospel is that the gospel is not just for new people that are exploring Christianity but the gospel is for seasoned believers as well. I love what Tim Keller says here. He says, the gospel is not just the ABCs, but the A to Z of Christianity. The gospel is not just the minimum required doctrine necessary to enter the kingdom, but the way we make all progress in the kingdom. Galatians reminds us of the importance of holding fast to the true gospel and not being swayed by teachings that distort or divert from this truth. And so King's Cross Church, in the coming years, know this, and I hope this happens. May we remain committed to the true gospel. May our journey forward be paved with a steadfast belief in the gospel that saved us, teaches us, and continues to shape us into the likeness of Christ. May King's Cross be all about Jesus and what he has done for us. Second, 
in the coming years, we want to be a church that is committed to living by the Spirit. Again, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. And as a church, we want to be committed to the Holy Spirit, to living out the Spirit. If you look at Galatians 5, verse 25, um, this verse reads, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. One of the most intriguing um, but also complex beliefs of Christianity revolves around the Holy Spirit. Christians believe that the Holy Spirit isn't just any spirit, but He is God. God's Spirit Himself who begins to dwell within believers the moment they are saved. And so what does the Holy Spirit do within and through God's people? He empowers Christians and gives them the strength, wisdom, and courage to live out the life God wants them to live. And so to live by the Spirit, you've heard that term before, means to intentionally live each day under the influence and guidance of the Holy Spirit. That is God's Spirit. Um, one author likened the Holy Spirit um, to floodlights um, that give light to a beautiful building at night. And think about it. A floodlight isn't meant to be noticed the purpose of the floodlight or whatever light is to shine light on whatever object it is so that object gets the attention. And this is a great way to understand the ultimate goal or role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a floodlight and his purpose isn't to draw attention to himself but to shine a light on Jesus, making him visible and clear to us. Us, and this is how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. He basically helps us see and understand Jesus better, and he deepens our relationship with him. J.I. Packer says this, the Spirit's message is never, look at me, um, listen to me, come to me, get to know me, but always look at me and see his glory. Listen to him and hear his word. Go to him and have life. Get to know him and taste his gift of joy and peace. And the reason the Holy Spirit helps us see and understand Jesus better is so that we may become just like Jesus. If you could ask God the one, one question and ask him, God, what would you want for me? Um, how do you think God would respond? He would probably say, my child, the one thing I want for you is to become more like my son, Jesus Christ. The thing God wants most for all of his children is to be more like Christ. And so the question is, how does that happen? Um, William Temple helps us here. He says, it's no good, he gives this fantastic illustration. He says, it's no good giving me a play like Hamlet or King Lear and telling me to write a play like that. Um, Shakespeare could do it, I can't. 
and it's no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus and telling me to live a life like that. Jesus could do it. I can't. But if the genius of Shakespeare could come and live in me, then I could write plays like his. And if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live a life like his. It's one of my favorite quotes. In other words... God's purpose is to make us like Christ and God's way of doing it is to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit works within you, Christian, you start to mirror Jesus in your actions and attitudes. This is because when you take a look at the fruit of the Spirit, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you're essentially seeing a portrait of Jesus Christ himself. And so that's our second commitment. Lastly, we want to be, in the coming years, we pray we'll continue to be a church committed to loving and serving one another. Again, this is from Galatians. If you look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, reads, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, life in our beautiful city of San Diego is challenging. Um, we all uh, are all burdened by something. And as a church family, we expect, we are expected to bear one another's burdens. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 reads, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Again, we looked at this last week. This is reminding us of the need to prioritize the local church, to do good, to serve members of our church family. Todd Wilson says this, the church is a one-of-a-kind institution. It ought to have first place in our affections and the pride of, of place among all the other concerns and commitments in our lives. After all, the church is our family. It is the household of faith. And so King's Cross Church, as we step into year six and beyond, and desire to be a faithful presence here in this city. I hope and pray that we would be committed to these things. I hope we would be committed and we would remain committed to the true gospel. Um, we pray that we, we would be committed to living by the Spirit and continue our commitment to loving and caring for one another. Our journey to six years has had its highs and lows. It really has. But what has sustained us, or should I say who has sustained us, has been God. And all of us, if you have been part of this church, whether you, know, you were here from the beginning or this short time, I know for sure you would know that we are living and breathing testimonies of God's grace and as a church, we want to be committed to the gospel more than ever. We want to be committed to the preaching of God's word so that Jesus may be exalted, so that we may grow in our knowledge of him, so that many more may come to know Jesus.
And so as we gather today to celebrate the journey of our church and be reminded of these commitments, I want to extend an invite to anyone here this morning who you wouldn't consider yourself to be a Christian, and you're kind of exploring Christianity. You showed up at this church. You don't know why you came. Someone invited you or you showed up, but I want to extend an invitation to you to consider the gospel. To consider the gospel not as a set of rules or a list of do's and don'ts, but as a message of God's unconditional love. The gospel is about a love so profound that Jesus Christ gave his life not for perfect people, but for imperfect people like all of us. And so if you're here this morning be reminded of the gospel. The gospel is good news. Yes, it's a message, but the gospel also demands a response. And so this morning, I invite you to believe in the gospel and follow Jesus. To make a decision to commit your life to following Jesus. As we look to the future of our church, we invite you to explore the life and message of Jesus Christ, to consider the claims of the gospel. And this gospel we're talking about, believe it or not, has the power to change you and transform you. And so if you are here this morning, I don't want you to leave without making that commitment to Jesus Christ. And if you want to know more, if you have questions, come and see me or one of our leaders, because we believe that the best and most important decision you can make in your life is to say yes to Jesus. Pray with me. And so God, thank you so much for this morning. And thank you for what you've done in the past. We are so excited and looking forward to what you are going to do in the future because you have proven to us over and over again that you are a good God and you are great. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for showing us your greatness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, before we transition out of here, we are going to prepare our hearts for communion Um, As we break the bread, um, the bread symbolizes Christ's body broken for us, and we drink of the cup, which represents his blood shed for our sins. Um, We want to, what we are doing in essence is remembering the foundational truths of our faith. This act of communion is a declaration of our unwavering belief in the gospel that brings us salvation and unites us as one body. And so this morning we're going to partake in communion 
to remember Christ and all that he's done for us. But not only that, we have um, two people to my right or to, and to my left, um, just one actually for now, um, and they are available to pray for you. During this time, you can pray in your seat. Um, you can stand and sing. Um, you can pray for someone you came with. This is a time for you to reflect on all that God has done for you in Christ and celebrate communion as a response to that.